the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The big silence. Hello and welcome to the Big Silence Podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go! Mental health is my wealth, the stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seek and ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. All right, and welcome to the big silence. Karina here. I'm really excited for today's uh, conversation. So my friend Ashley Green, I don't know if you know her from Twilight. Anybody a fan out there? I met her like 10 years ago and just vibed with her. We have mutual friends and I, I think she was at a Tone It Up retreat and we just started hanging out and staying connected together. She loves working out. She loves fitness. She loves mindfulness. And she has a new company called Hummingway, which is all things female and period, which we talk about. So I'm really excited for this conversation with Ashley and also her sister-in-law, Olivia, who is the co-CEO of Hummingway. We talk about, obviously, mental health is what we do here. And um, one surprising thing, Ashley's never gone to therapy. And she texted me afterwards and was like, please send me all of your resources. (laughs) So it's a very open, honest, fun conversation. Welcome to the podcast, the Big Silence Podcast with Ashley and Olivia. My energy is golden, manifest is spoken Through the third eye, oh my, I'm so open No longer silent, this is the moment Only one life gotta live but a moment Meditate, meditate, meditate Levitate, levitate, levitate Meditate, meditate, meditate Levitate, levitate, levitate The big silence Alright, we are here with Ashley and Olivia I'm so happy So Ashley and I, when did we first meet? It was... I think age ourselves right now. (laughs) Yeah, we are. We're gonna age ourselves. (laughs) I think we met in 2009, 10, 11. Jeremy's sitting across the table from me. He's like 2009. It's all Jeremy's fault. (laughs) Yeah, Jeremy's fault. We were uh, working with Oakley, and I was a triathlete back in the day. Imagine that me doing triathlons, and Ashley and I were in New York doing. Was it a 5K? Yeah, I you, think it's a 5K, which for me was a lot because I never, I just don't love running and I get <laughs> it to be supportive, but was there. I'm just like, what did I get myself into here? I think you beat me. I was pretty yeah. slow on that race. 
because I was past my triathlon days. So I definitely was not at my best speed. And I then, was just like, please finish. <laughs> that was my main <laughs> one. I was like, just finish. I know. I'm like, I'll just walk and talk to people. <laughs> and yeah, it was it's great. A up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. So we have a history of going way back. I love Ashley, and I'm so excited to get to know Olivia, and we'll get into Hummingway, their new company. But obviously, it's a mental health podcast. I want to be totally open with everything we're talking about here. And But I'm going to ask you a question, Ashley. Do you still run? What's What's your workout routine? God, no. Like, I would do it again. Like, I feel like, I think Seiju at one point was like, would you do take part in this triathlon? I was like, oh, yeah. Like, for things like that. But in general, I'm just not a, I don't love long distance running. Like, my husband loves it. I love anything else active. So, like, boxing or yoga or a HIIT workout or, like, I just did this, like, whatever, Pilates on steroids. Like, I love all forms of activity except running. <laughs> I was on the swim team. I was not on the deck. Oh, okay. The deck team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but still very active, just like, yeah, not so much running. Well, you always go in those ebbs and flows as you grow up or get older. I mean, I'm I'm turning 41 in March. Why do you look <gasps> so good? Healthy eating. That's it. Cold plunge, sauna. But yeah, for me, I really turned to yoga. I was in triathlon for a long time and then heavy lifting. And I actually this year am getting back into lifting again to just have strength. But running is not my friend anymore because I did try to sign up for a race last or no, in 2020. And whenever I ran, my hips were like, "Mm -mm." no, girl, no, no, girl, no. And you got to find like, listen to your body. Like I've also been, we'll kind of get in, I think to like cycle singing, but like I've, you know, you can actually think how you work out to whatever phase of your menstrual cycle you're in. So like, I've started to really start paying attention to that as well, because for a long time I was just very like, you get up at this time in the morning and you work out and you power through and it doesn't matter how you feel. Like I was very much on like, I wanted this like regimen. Turns out it's really not good for you. So yeah. I shifted all that. Well, I'm so interested to hear about the cycles and what you should be doing with your body, with your female cycle. Like for me personally, my <laughs> Bobby, my husband over here, he knows I'm like, oh, is it a full moon today? Because I started my period. And he's like, I can't. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I want to talk to you about like the cycles with women and their periods and our hormones and oh, yeah. all of that stuff. Oh yeah. It's so, I mean, it, it it's an integral part of our life and heavily affects us. And for so long, this is something that wasn't talked about. So we're really excited to talk about it. And I think, you know, if you talk, speaking of mental health, I think keying into your menstrual cycle is such a positive thing to do if you're trying to kind of, I think in general, have a hold on your mental health. And for, again, a long time, I kind of ignored that. But like we are like speaking of ebbs and flows, constantly going through an ebb and flow of our hormones. And so of course, we are not going to be the same person in day one that we are in day 15. And so acknowledging that and figuring out ways to work with your body during your, like when you're in your follicular phase, your estrogen is peaking. So like generally speaking, we're much more social. We're much happier. Everyone wants to be around us. Everything's kind of blowing. And then you get into your luteal phase, which y- your progesterone rises. And, and all of a sudden, your or your estrogen starts to, to dip. And so you lose that social ability that you have. But then your progesterone allows you to focus. And like being able to key in on those things and use your menstrual cycle versus kind of trying to work against it, I think is so important. And, you know, there are going to be days when everything drops that you feel 
off and you feel a little bit, maybe a little bit more depressed than you would. And I think recognizing that and, and understanding, like I could take certain supplements to maybe help with that, or just know like this day, I'm probably going to cry. And then I'm going to journal about it and it's going to be okay. It's been, it's been really powerful for me because I'm not, my history is not extremely open when it deals, when I dealt with mental health. And, and I kind of, I think was again, like on this, this regimen where I was just like, you have to power through and you don't need to talk about these things. And so like being now open to that and and understanding that like some days you just need to cry and some days you just need to journal things out. And it's, it's mind blowing. (laughs) I love that because some days I just need to cry. And some days when I'm going through stuff, people are like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, you need to give yourself that allowance and that permission to just feel. And I think that's one of the biggest things, especially as women, we go with our hormones and the ups and downs and life. And as we know what we've been going through since 2020, we all (laughs) like, we all need to give ourselves grace and like have no judgment. So I think that's such an important thing to think about. And yeah. And I want to talk to Olivia too about PMDD, right? Yeah, almost four years ago now, I've probably been living with it for way longer than that. I was diagnosed with premenstrual dysphoric disorder. It's actually a biological condition. For a long time, people thought that it was due to a hormonal imbalance, but actually people with PMDD have an increased sensitivity to the hormone fluctuations that are happening two weeks before your period. So Ashley said that progesterone increase in your luteal phase for a lot of people, you know, will give you focus. It actually has even a calming effect, but for people with PMDD, it actually can cause a lot of irritability and anxiety. And a lot of people listening might be like, oh, that's just PMS, but this is PMS on steroids. It actually like gets in the way with your daily activities. And for most of my menstruating life, I just thought that this was normal. Even society pushed that message. Doctors were like, oh, you're just hormonal. And I put that in quotes because that's ridiculous. And when I tried to figure out like a solution, you know, I could go on SSRIs or antidepressants or go back or I don't not back on birth control. I've never been on it. Go on birth control, but coming from a functional medicine household, I knew that really wasn't going to work for me. So I started to try and find ways to manage the diagnosis holistically through adaptogens and herbs, CBD, which was like me and Ashley's own personal stories was like a huge genesis of Hummingway. Yes, we have a product, but we also have this like massive education platform for people to learn so they can take their health into their own hands. And it was actually just in 2019 the World Health Organization finally acknowledged PMDD as a health concern. So that's a great win because I think a lot of people now are bringing it to their doctors and even they're like, oh, what's that? Or no, you should, you're just, you know, typical PMS. And so it can be frustrating. And if that's kind of what you're getting from your doctor, maybe go find a new one or start, you know, doing (laughs) your own research because PMDD actually affects, you know, five to 8% of menstruating people, which that's more than 6 million of us. So there's a lot of people out there. And even when I started posting about it on my Instagram and I wrote a personal article on our platform, The Regular, I had so many friends DM me and be like, wow, I brought this to my doctor. I brought this to my therapist and I've been now tracking my cycle and I've gotten this diagnosis and I feel so much better because it can be confused with bipolar disorder or depression. Uh, Really? 
Yeah. But the big difference that like the key indicator is that it'll happen like clockwork right before your period. So literally during my follicular phase, I am one person. And then the second after ovulation, like literally the day after, so tomorrow for me, I noticed like such a change in how I'm feeling. Like, I feel like I could cry right now, um, which is really overwhelming. So yeah, it's been a journey and it's long and it takes a lot of, you know, work, but if you want to kind of get your mental health under control, and if you feel like, you know, you might have PMDD, definitely bring it to your doctor. I use clue to track my cycle. So I know when it's coming and just that awareness alone can help you so much. Yeah, I love that. And I love I I had never heard of PMDD prior to learning about your story with Hummingway and your products. And it made me think I, you know, you know, as women, men are mostly like, oh, yeah, she's just premenstrual. She's having PMS and that's the excuse. But it really is. And like, I'm sorry, but men do not understand what is going on in our bodies and in our minds. Yeah. And it's, you know what, though, that is one of the things we're trying to course correct on. Like, I think going this journey for Olivia and I, we realized midway through, we're like, wow, there is so much that I didn't know about myself. And there's so many things that we've been preconditioned to kind of shut down. And like you, I think traditionally are like taught, like, oh, you're going to get your period. It's a curse. Do everything you can to cover it up. So no one knows and try not to talk about it. And like, it's probably, you're going to have this pain every month. And like, that's such bullshit. It's, it's inaccurate. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> um, it's extremely inaccurate. And it, and I think, you know, it's exciting for us to be able to try and blow this out of the water and say, like, this is not normal for you to feel that way. And like, we should be talking about this. Right. And I agree. And even with my husband, I always talk about my period and I'm like, oh, it's a full moon. Like I said, full yeah. moon. And here it comes. He's like, oh my God. But men need to know like this is natural for us and i think that's such a yeah. good discussion to start happening happening because with mental health and everything else like this is one of the stigmas that need to be it needs to be broken mm-hmm. women bleed we bleed yeah. and we have hormonal <laughs> imbalances and like that's and like there's so much going on inside of us and like the yeah. other thing too, like by the way that's why we're able to produce and have children. Like it's why the world continues to go on. So it's kind of like, I mean, I wish we could like reprogram people to teach their kids. Like you have this, this magical power basically. And it's incredible if you start to understand it. And I think the other thing too is like, I mean, my husband like is in the thick of it because of what Olivia and I do, but he now it's like exciting for him versus him going like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And he's like, Oh, you're in your luteal phase. And he's very conscious and is he knows that there are certain days where like, he's like, Oh, okay. And he's a little, he's a little bit more gentle with me and it's better for our relationship. So I think like, you know, the more that we talk about it and understand it, the better it is for you. I'm looking at my husband over here. I'm like, did you hear that? He's, he's like, get her off the show now. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's smiling over there. I'm like, be gentle with me when I'm, when I'm bleeding, instead of shaking your head and be like, eh, be like, I love you. You are woman. You are a champion, and I'm you're, so sorry that you're. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But it is. It's just so important. It's the same thing. I think like reproductive health and mental health. Like mental health, I feel like people ten years ago nobody talked about any of such no. an issue. And and I think there's been so many like we've had so many strides in the right direction. And I I hope that for reproductive health as well. 
Yeah. So can we talk more about, so with the women, the woman's cycle, for me, I feel like leading up to my period, I am very like low energy, a little bit down. But then after my period, I am like, whoo, that's my most creative time. Makes sense. Yeah. So So it makes sense because in your luteal phase, again, progesterone, progesterone is being produced in a high amount and that triggers GABA. And that is a very calming effect. You're also required to eat more calories at this time. So if you are not feeding yourself, you're going to feel tired. Naturally speaking, because of the progesterone um, production, you're going to be a little bit more calm and a little bit more more tired, Um, especially if you're continuing to work out the same way in your luteal phase that you do in, say, your follicular phase, which is when you feel that energy burst, your estrogen is at an all-time high, and you are going to be more creative. Like When you're in your follicular phase, doing like any kind of creative cardio is, is uh, highly recommended. And it's, it's understanding these things and why they're happening, I think is so important. So it's completely normal that you're feeling these things in those two phases. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I know. I, I it was just over the past few years that I started paying more attention to my cycle and like what I'm feeling and allowing myself, you know, that grace of yeah. my cycles. Well, you can start to plan around it also. Like I think again, like we've just kind of gone like, all right, whatever it's inconvenience in our life. But now once you start understanding more about, about your cycle and the phases that you're in, you can start working with them. So I, you know, some people don't have this advantage, but I have the advantage of going like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do a lot of podcasts in my follicular phase because I know that I can eloquently position things. And I, I know that I'm a little bit more social and fun. Like this is the time to do it. And then yep. when I'm in my luteal phase, I try and not take it so many things that are interactive. I try it. It's, it's a great time to like kneel down and focus. Like if you want to read a book, do it during your luteal phase because you can sit down for like five hours and power through versus in your follicular phase is a little bit different. So I think it's a really cool thing. It, it is really, you could use it to your advantage if you start paying attention. Yeah. So I want to switch back, Ashley, and ask you a few questions on more mental health. And your career, you've been through so much and kind of how your mental health has been affected in your career and where you are now and, you know, everything, you know, pre this, I've already introduced everyone to Ashley and Olivia and everything that you've done, but being in Twilight and you have new movies coming out from the Immaculate Room and Max and Me and the Wrong Place and Retirement Plan, you have so much going on. Like, how do you manage your mental health and have you had to stop and say, I need a break? Last, yeah, last year was busy. I actually almost had like a mini breakdown last year, to be honest, and had to kind of reevaluate the the speed of which I was moving at because I, I didn't anticipate my acting career being quite as busy as it was. And a lot of opportunity came up. Like we thought through like the last two years, the pandemic was going to have a really large effect on me. And I was like, I'm not going to be working. We launched Hummingway and I was kind of like, soul focus is going to be there. And then opportunity presented itself. And so I was kind of towing the line of both. And so while it was really exciting, I kind of pushed, I think my mental health aside a little bit to make sure that I could get everything done, which is is fine for a small amount of time, but it certainly catches up to you. 
And mm-hmm. I had kind of a, a moment where, with Paul where I kind of had this like breakdown and I was just like, I can't handle this. And we had to kind of restructure things. And, and Olivia came in in a really, really strong way. And, and, you know, my family, my friends rallied around me to make sure that I was kind of taking care of myself. And it was a really wonderful to see also because traditionally... I've not been the most open person about kind of my mental health and what's going on. Like my, my background and, and how I grew up was like, if you are not good at something, you work hard enough to become good at it, which mm-hmm. is great for work ethic, but not so great when you're dealing with your mental health, because there's only so long you can kind of carry on that way. And so at the end of this year, I, even though it kind of made me a little sick to myself, think about the time took like three weeks off, went to Europe and just kind of did a like full reset and can tell you that like, you know, set things in motion to say like, I'm going to really put my mental health first. And that for me, you know, it's different for everyone, but for me, it's kind of breathing techniques, journaling. If I need to cry, taking a moment to cry and saying no to things Mm -hmm. has been really important to me. But, you know, it's always like, I think sometimes I feel like I have a handle on it. And then other times I'm just like, I feel like it's very easy to slip away from taking care of yourself. Oh yeah, it is. And it's so important to take care of yourself. And my husband is my biggest like cheerleader. He's like, Karina, if you need to go to a deserted island for three months, you yeah. need to go. <laughs> and they know best, right? Well, that's my husband's actually been a godsend. And he grew up, I think, he and Olivia in like a different, a little bit of a different household than me. And I feel like he has like this creative outlet and like expresses himself regularly where like I'm just more reserved in that space. And so he's been really huge and, and going, you know, Ash, we need to, to deal with these things head on. Like, I remember him saying to me once, uh, oh my God, I'm like, it's going to be crying. But at one point he was like, Ashley, what you do to yourself, how cruel you are to yourself, how much you expect mm-hmm. of yourself. It's like, you're cutting yourself internally. He's like, well, you're doing so much damage to yourself. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about that more? Like what, what demands do you put on yourself that are making you feel that way? Like, what is it? Is it society's expectations? Is it yours? Like, what is that? It's, I think both. I think I always put a lot of expectation on myself. I am a bit of a perfectionist sometimes, which I try and kind of get away from and like now try and say like, what the work you put in today was the best that you could do today and kind of move forward. But I like my kind of default is like, you always have to do better and be better and be perfect. And like, if, if something doesn't go like, I would, like, I'm very good at, like, looking at, like, six different outcomes. And Paul's like, okay, so maybe one of those outcomes will happen. Maybe they don't. And then you just punish yourself for all six outcomes. Like, just let things happen. And I just have a very hard time doing that. And so that's certainly something that I work on every day of kind of going, like, I'm just going to go into it and what happens happens. And, like, nobody's going to love me less if I don't perform, you know, at this level every single day. Well, Um, right. And nobody, like... It doesn't matter what other people think. But that's all in your head. Where like, yeah, well, that is, that's the thing where it's like, I think someone said something where they're like, I'm not responsible of what, for how you feel about me, which yeah. was really powerful to me. And I was like, oh, if I could live my life by that. But like, I think coming into like Twilight had a really big effect on that. I was just talking to someone about the when twilight ended the experience she had which is probably like it was similar to me where like you are in this bubble and you're at like the top right mm-hmm. and i got to the top extremely quickly and you are in this bubble it's all we did for five years and everyone wants a piece of you everyone's you're told how to dress you're told what to say the people around you are paid to be around you 
and become like your family. But then when that ends, all of a sudden, and I'm like, I still love and have a great relationship with my publicist, but we're not together every weekend. And like, it was, that was a really kind of, I think, hard adjustment to make too. And there's the, there became this idea of, I was like, how do I keep, how do I stay at that level? And it's impossible. I think when you're, I mean, for some people, it may be a little bit different, but like, for me, it was just like, I had to learn how to kind of move past that expectation. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Whew. I just, and like the other thing too is I really had to stop and go like you have to deal with what you're feeling and for a long time like I didn't I still yet to be to ther- go to therapy which I'm like yeah for so okay therapy are you in yeah. therapy not in therapy but I am ever you know, ever Never, ever. I used to look at my acting coach as my therapist a little bit because she probably knows more about me than any person ever. Because if you want to talk about like talk therapy, it's we like openly discuss and talk about triggers and all these things. But obviously that's not working. But why haven't you been in therapy? Are you, is there a stigma against it? I I, I see Olivia shaking her head over here. (laughs) (laughs) She's saying yes. No, I'm, I'm in therapy, but just Ashley was talking about how like our parents created an environment for us, for Paul and I, where we could express ourselves, but they're from an older generation. So I would bring up therapy a lot when I was younger, like put me in therapy. And there was this stigma around it of like therapy equals there's something wrong with you. And that's so not Mm -hmm. true. I think everyone should be in therapy. The frustrating thing is I'm actually dealing with it right now is why is it not covered by your healthcare. Like the mm-hmm. fact that it's, it's very now stressing yeah. me out. I'm like, okay, $200 a week to go to therapy. Like now I'm stressed because I can't afford therapy and like no one has access. And there's like apps like BetterHelp, but still it's like, yeah, it's the fact that it's not free really just every day blows my mind. That's all yeah. I have to say about well, <laughs> What I have to say about therapy is I've been in it for many years. I've done EMDR and all sorts of stuff. But yeah, so with the Big Silence, my foundation, we are working on that to create spaces where people can have therapy for free. And we have all the resources yes. that we're putting out there. But but actually, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in here. No, wait, I already said my age. How old are you? I'll be 35 in February. Look at you, little young chicken. Therapy is amazing. You gotta let it out. I know. So this is this is what I've come to understand. Like I, I, up until like three years ago, I didn't talk about my feelings at all. So I think I've made like a lot of of kind of uh, I've I've overcome a lot in that space. And now I, I feel like I'm kind of ready to to go into therapy. But I also part of me was like, all right, so I go to a therapist. And I tell them all these things. And then they're like, oh, here are the things that are wrong with you that like you haven't been acknowledging. And then what do I do with that? And so like I started talking to uh, a couple of my girlfriends who have a cognitive behavioral therapist, which I feel like would make sense to me. But I feel like it's just such a like wide space of different types of therapy. And I'm trying to figure out like which one works in my life. But I'm also going to get a list from you after this. It's (laughs) it's, like not something I have a stigma against. I just... Never, I don't know. I just never got into it. Yeah. I mean, because of the stigma against therapy. Like <laughs> everyone's like, oh my God, you're going to a therapist. You're freaking crazy. And I'm like, no, it's actually we need to talk about things. We need to work through through things. And then finding a therapist who gives you the homework to mm-hmm. then take home and do the work. It's yeah. not 
not just letting it out. Like you talk to a friend, but you need someone who is telling you how to like what the next steps are. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think it was always just too, like, I felt like I was too busy also. Okay. Bad excuse. I know. I know. (laughs) I wasn't ready. Like, I also feel like I wasn't ready to do the work. Like I just wasn't. Now I'm kind of in this place where I was like, oh yeah, I really am. Cause I, I, I don't know. I like have a whole kind of new position on it where I'm just like, I'm ready. And I've been bettering myself and working on myself. And like, I just started reading. I don't know if you've read Body Keeps the Score, but it's fascinating. No, I haven't. Can we make body keeps the score? Body keeps the score. It's about how yeah. your body kind of can't, like takes on traumas. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, we could go into a whole conversation <laughs> about body and trauma. Like when your stress levels are high, mm-hmm. that's like for me. That's when my allergies are bad. That's when my hormones are bad. That's where every like a full body rash, psoriasis, everything. Like your body. Oh, yeah is connected to your mind. And oh, yeah. so that's stress levels were super high. I have you ever, like, I get, sometimes I get so, so stressed out and I realize it's probably like a trigger thing, but like, where like I have a physical reaction and I'm like, yeah. I get like sick to my stomach and I get like, like it's, it's nuts. And it like takes me a solid like five minutes to like calm myself down, but it is a reaction that I hate. Yeah. I have that from psoriasis, full body rash to, when my mom was passing away, like full vomiting all day, I couldn't eat. But so with Hummingway, you it's CPD. Can you explain more about what your product is with Hummingway? Sure. Lynn, do you want to take it? Yeah. So, you know, obviously Ash and I talked about our different experiences and we created this community around us prior to launching Hummingway. And oftentimes people would talk about the insane pain, specifically on like the first or second day of your period. So we wanted to target that first. Like if you go into a CVS, the only option that you have is Midol. And we don't even know how bad the long-term effects of taking Midol is for us because there's such a lack of research around the female body, mm-hmm. but I digress. So we created a transdermal patch. It's non-toxic. It has CBD, ginger, lemongrass, menthol, black pepper and vitamin E in it. So they're all anti-inflammatory ingredients that work together to help push um, the CBD, which is the main pain relieving ingredient through the body. So the ingredients are being released over the course of 24 hours. We suggest putting one on each ovary, like near a venous area, so it can go directly into the bloodstream. The reason why we picked a patch versus a supplement is because oftentimes when you're taking a supplement, you're digesting so much of it that you're not getting enough of the ingredients to actually feel an effect where with the transdermal patch, it goes directly into the bloodstream. So we've had a lot of people talking about how they feel that relief within the first 20 to 30, which was our goal, which is amazing. There's four patches in one pack. So you can kind of figure out what works best for you. If you do have back pain, you can put it on your back. If you have leg cramps during your period, you can put it there too. I'm, as I think I already said, I'm ovulating today. And I actually feel because I'm obviously at this point, very in tune with my body, the egg releasing the ovary, and it actually hurts because it's rupturing the follicle. So I put a patch on then as well, because your ovaries take turns ovulating. And so right now I have my patches on and that helps me a lot as well during my mid-cycle pain. So it's been great. We, We launched like two and a half months ago and we've been getting an influx of DMs of people being like, wow, for the first time ever, I've felt so comfortable in my body on my period. 
which is amazing to hear it. It makes all the hard work and the stress worth it. Yeah. I think it's such a good thing for, to bring awareness to women about their hormones and their periods and opening up this conversation. I, I love it. So, um, yeah. And putting a patch on, my doctor actually has me do patches versus because it's on your skin and it absorbs your skin, the biggest organ in your body, yes. um, absorbs everything so much better than taking a pill. So, yeah, I I have like multiple patches on me every day. Well, then we definitely have to send you our product because you'll yes. be familiar with it. Yes. A lot of people, it took a second for people to understand or like it's there. I feel like there's an education barrier of what transdermal patches are, but they're yeah. really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Which we also launched the regular, which is our editorial platform. Cause we, as we were creating this product and creating this kind of idea of like, you know, mapping your diet and your exercise and your social life to your entire cycle, that people are going to have to have the education in order to make these lifestyle changes. So we worked with our medical advisors to create fact check content. It's really cute. The regular, no pun intended. So you can kind of learn kind of about what's going on in your body, how the patch works, why we chose these ingredients. So it's great. Yeah. And then, so number one, so where does everyone go for the regular Hummingway, ourhummingway.com? Ourhummingway.com, yes. Okay. And they can follow our Instagram. It's the same handle, ourhummingway. Okay. And Ashley, I am going to check in with you, well, every day personally, and then and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get you a counselor. <laughs> well, honestly, like, this, is, this is what I need, though. I was going to ask you, like, your experience on, like, have you kind of had, because there's so many different types of therapy. And so, I mean, I guess it's probably specific to each person, but have you had, like, better results with one type versus the other? So my personal therapy experience, I've had multiple from talk therapy and I mentioned EMDR, which helps with trauma, like deep in your body. I have done, what is Jeremy's over here? What does Anne do? Holographic repattering. Oh yeah. Holographic repattering. Wait, what is that? Sorry. (laughs) I, I am not educated enough to speak on it. Google holographic repattering, but she freaking, yeah. I, I love that. Ashley's like writing it down. She's like, when we get that. <laughs> like, that <laughs> you go through, this is like a whole different podcast. I have the notes from Anne. This was like three years ago where I talk about, and she, I talk to her and she writes down like 50 things of my negative self-talk. And then we work through it. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a lot of those. <laughs> Tapping is yeah. a really good exercise too. Tapping, yeah, yes. For those yes. anxious people like me, <laughs> yeah. Tapping, tapping right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm tapping myself, and my husband comes up, and he's like, <laughs> "You're not helping." <laughs> he smacks me. He's yeah. like, "You need, you need more than that." A good uh, smack is not not too bad either. <laughs> <laughs> Have um, you done? You know what I did do. As what? I did, I went to a shaman um, oh. and did some kind of like energy work. And that was, that was probably what the, like, what stim, like was the first thing that kind of stimulated me going like, I need to go work on therapy because he did. I went in and was just like, I'm open to whatever. Like, I feel like I, I, I want to like embark on this journey and like, I'm here. So just do whatever. And it was nuts. The like stuff that he was so specific on and like the, like involuntary movements and the like crying in the lap. So I went in and it was kind of mind blowing to me because I was very open, but had never had any kind of experience like this. And I I had just 
spoken to my husband about, I was like, you know, I kind of feel like I'm holding on to this resentment and with this person in my life. And I, and I, it just now dawned on me. And I feel like it's something that I, I need to, to address. And, and then the next day went to Shaman Derek and he oh. literally said, so I see that you're holding on to all, like address that thing. I was just like, how in the world did you know that? And instantly I was like, well, if I wasn't a believer and then he, he mentioned something where he was like, you're holding a lot like in your liver. And I was like, okay. And then you kind of went through the process of pulling energy out. I mean, it was like exhausting, but incredible. And then I went to my holistic doctor and she was like, oh, your liver's not operating properly. And it was just like everything. It was literally like, Shit. I felt like I was like, oh, I was in the right place at the right time because it was all these things that were like, if you don't believe this, here, here are the things that kind of line up to exactly what he's saying. So it was a really wonderful experience and kind of made me realize I was like, oh, this is probably a path I need to continue down because it, it seems like there's certain things that I'm, my body is holding on to. So what did you do after that? I had a, had a conversation. <laughs> it was actually with my mom. And kind of, I mean, I just, I kind of cleared the air to, to let go of it, which was really wonderful. And kind of, you know, after I did it, it was like, oh, this is silly that I hadn't before. So kind of but, resolved what I was holding on to. So how did you, because I'm sure people listening would want to know, like, how do you just let go of it? What does that mean? Well, he, I mean, working with Derek, he, part of it was him actually physically pulling, like I had, like, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys have seen, like, I think Julianne Huff did this publicly and people were like, what is happening? We're like, your body involuntarily moves and there's energy being pulled out of you. So a lot of it, I think was the work that he did. But then afterwards, I took into account things that he said and implemented that change in my life. And so I, I kind of knew like, oh, if I don't address this with my mom, then what's the point of me even having gone to this session and so kind of said, you know, I'm going to address the things that he spoke about. So I'll ask you, is there anything you would tell to listeners that how to release, how to let go, any tips if they don't have the access to Shaman Derek? <laughs> I think, you know, I think part of it is really having like figuring out pinpointing the things that cause you pain that you don't necessarily want to deal with. I think a lot of it is introspective work. And then confronting that was really big for me. Also, I mean, you know, ideally you could find a space that is like a mountaintop or whatever, but I think just like honestly screaming and releasing energy that way mm -hmm. is always quite helpful for me. And then I started, you know, every, like I'm not, I'm not great at meditating, but I still make an effort every day. And, and that for me has been very helpful because I think it really opens you up to truly listening to yourself and understanding, you know, certain problems that you may be having. Yeah. Like meditation is not one that comes easy to me because I feel like my mind just doesn't shut off, but it's worth it because each time I get well, down, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Our mind doesn't shut off. Like even me, who's been meditating for years and been trained with Deepak Chopra, like I, in the middle of the night, if I wake up, my thoughts are just yes. spinning. I mean, we have 80,000 to 100,000 thoughts per day in our brain. So meditation helps us. Have you, know, you tried breath work? Oh, sorry, yes. I didn't mean. Yeah, actually, I have, and I that would be a good conversation with Bobby. Okay. I have done breath work with one of my teachers, Gwen, who Jeremy also introduced me to. <laughs> Jeremy just Jeremy's a guru. <laughs> <laughs> he introduced. I'm like, I need help. <laughs> He's like, talk to this person. But yeah, and then I introduced my husband to breath work. And he had, he might get mad at me for saying this because it was such an intimate experience. But when I did breath work with Bobby, he like 
broke through and like so much came out like and afterwards he was like what just happened yeah yeah Yeah. I just had the same experience recently and now me and my boyfriend are gonna go do us like a private session together because you it same kind of similar what Ashley was saying is that trauma gets released through that breathing and out of nowhere you're just like weeping and it's just like the craziest shit just from breathing. <laughs> like, yeah, what it's, it's mind blowing. It's actually incredible. I'm now I'm hooked. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have to have a conversation with Bobby about this because it was so deep and something so rooted down there that was being released like a monster. Yeah. It, yeah. So it's, yeah, I do you ever experience that? Like I, because I've done breath work as well, and like same, I think not not as intensive experience, but similar. But in yoga sessions, sometimes, particularly when they do hip work, I always want to yeah. cry. Oh yeah. Oh, we hold all that stress in our hips. Yeah. yeah. Women so especially. Like, why am I about to cry in like this, this yoga session? And some of the <laughs> teachers, there's one I like particularly where she's always like, if you feel like you want to cry, cry. Like, do yeah. not suppress this. This is like great work. And I was like, okay, bye. That's the beauty. Like people are not like allowing, like you used to feel weird if you want to cry or you want to have an emotion, but that is the release. And that's what we need to get out there more is cry, scream, <laughs> breathe, have a monster come out of you, whatever it is, <laughs> like we need to do it. So I want to wrap this conversation up. With So I have the three H's that I always ask in my podcast so you guys can answer and also help others who are listening. So it's always, how have you healed? What's the number one thing of how you have healed in your life? And we're always a work in progress, which is perfect. But how have you healed? What's the number one? I think I've healed by acknowledging that I don't have to be perfect. I love that. Yeah. I think that was a really big moment where I was just like, you're, you're not perfect. You're not supposed to be perfect. And other people actually don't expect you to be perfect. And you're projecting that onto people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say perfection is a prison. Yeah. It sucks. Sucks in there. Yeah. For me, I think, and this is kind of a new thing that I've been going by because I go through a lot of depression, especially with the PMDD and I'm a bit spiritual, but that you're the creator of your own reality. So whenever I kind of go in these deep funks, I kind of try and work on shifting my mindset and realizing that I can sit here. And obviously depression is not just like, oh, I'm just going to flip a switch and be fine. But knowing that you do have control over your own life and you do have control over your own thoughts and you can let them pass. And I've been that person who just would start thinking, I wake up in the middle of the night and then I'm just on that thought for forever. But if you do just kind of have it, acknowledge it, and then let it go into the ether of the mm-hmm. world. That's really helped me a lot. And knowing that I'm in charge is great. I love that. Okay. And then how individually are you helping mental health in this world? Obviously with Hummingway, I would mm-hmm. say I can answer for you. I think, yeah, Hummingway is, is certainly there. For me, I have found that, again, thinking that like I had to be perfect was a disservice to me and to anyone who follows me or anyone who's a fan. When I open up, I see people open up like floodgates. And so I think me sharing my vulnerabilities and being open and honest with things that I 
have issues or or are kind of lacking in, in certain areas has, has been really helpful for other people as well, just sharing. Yeah, I think, yeah, sharing our stories. And then what is your hope for the future of mental health? I mean, I hope that we continue on the direction that we're in and that people start embracing mental health from a full picture perspective and looking at, I think, both what you can do yourself and how other people can help you as well. I think it's kind of a, you've got to attack it from both sides. Yeah. Free therapy. Therapy. Yeah. And through therapy. Uh, yeah, Ashley, I'm I'm texting you in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I'm going to see how your therapy is going. We all need help. <laughs> help us. <laughs> Society needs help right now. Well, thank you, ladies. It has been so much fun. I could keep hanging out and talking and we'll talk more off camera, off pod. But I love what you're doing and what you're bringing to the world and it's been magical to hang out here with you and i appreciate you thank you so much same to you we are so excited to be here so thank you so much for having us yeah thanks for all that you do it's great much love thank you for joining us today and every wednesday If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love, the type of love that will defeat anxiety, the type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in, to be who you already are. The big silence.